You're muted. Numb nuts. Mother f- I was on a roll, too. Oh, I bet you were. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt Lifty Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with Carter and Derek's dumbass. What's going on, y'all? What's up, man? Nothing. <laughs> Just uh, getting verbally abused by some narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's uh, let's roll right into this one. It's uh, it's the middle of the day, and I'm playing hooky from work, and I really need to get back. So let's go ahead and crank this out. So, uh, <laughs> Derek, I think you've got the redneck tip of the day, so why don't you hook us up with it? Yeah, this shit is super redneck. So let's say you're hunting in a uh, an area that you're not used to. Say you're doing a western hunt, you live on the east coast, and you run out of cooler space. Start perusing either Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, or whatever, looking for a broke freezer. You know, people will basically give the damn things away. Uh, pack it full of ice, throw your meat in there, drive that shit back home. Um, you're you're saving money on not buying another $400 cooler while you've already spent money on tags, gas, and all that other shit. So try to save money where you can. Yeah, I dig that. It's a, it's a solid tip. Pretty fucking hillbilly, but, but good. Yeah, then you can put it in your front yard of your trailer once you're done, too. <laughs> Yeah, you fill it full of water, get a little heater, you got a little hot tub there. Or a bird bath, you know, it all depends on what you want to do with it. Or an ice tub. Ice tub. Perfect. Yeah. It's very versatile. You should all have a broke down freezer in your front yard. If your wives will have a broke down freezer in your front yard, you're fucking up. (laughs) All right, Carter, what do you got for us? All right. uh, Admittedly, mine's a little less redneck than Derek's, but... um, I was walking my property yesterday and it got me thinking about uh, shed hunting. I guess that's kind of like the next season for folks coming up uh, in tandem with with turkey season. I know shed hunting is kind of a big deal to a lot of people. It's not really something I like actively, actively pursue, but I know there's a lot of money to be made and some people take it very seriously. And especially out west, like in your neck of the woods, Luke, there'll be shed hunting seasons um, because people can go out and kind of harass kind of the wildlife looking for sheds because they're so valuable. But um, I just wanted to go over a couple tips uh, to help folks maybe find some more sheds, things that I've uh, been taught and picked up and things that have helped me in the past. Um, So knowing exactly when deer are going to be dropping their sheds, it definitely varies geographically. Like down here in Georgia, it's going to be a lot later than say, you know, our, my, my friends in Canada or uh, up North or, you know, in the Midwest part of the United States. Down here, it could be as late as, you know, late February or March. But now that rut's over, you know, official winter's here. Deer are going to start thinking about dropping their antlers um, and entering this season of regrowth. Um, so looking, you know, for the right time is going to be really important. So I'm going to start looking actively end of February, early March. Uh, one of my main tools that I use here is uh, trail cameras. So, you know, I had the tip a couple weeks ago, don't stop running your trail cameras. Um, and this is another reason why um, you can really keep a gauge. It's a good temperature gauge on when uh, bucks are really going to start dropping their uh, antlers. Um, the other thing you need to consider is just like late season hunting, that's really kind of some of the areas that you're going to focus on looking for these sheds. Um, and what that means is, you know, think about where's the bedding, think about those walking, those transition areas, think about those food areas. If you have any cut crop fields, if you have any food plots, um, really, really thick grass bedding areas, like where, where doe bedding areas are, 
um, or like CRP fields, um, you know, cedar thickets, any of that good stuff. Fence crossings. I have a, I have three holes cut in the fence on my property. Um, and every year without fail, antlers get hung up on uh, some of the barbed wire and branches where those crossings are. So those are great areas to look. Um, another tip, if you want to get into shed hunting or you just enjoy walking through the woods and want to maybe find something, ask farmers uh, for access to go walk their fields or their properties to look for them. I know it's a big thing around here because uh, antlers will definitely punch holes through tractor tires and that is an expensive mistake to make. So if you just ask, and it may lead to good hunting access in the future, building that relationship, but go ask, knock on a door, ask if you can walk and look for those sheds. Um, if you have, I've never been with anybody who does, but I know some people will train their dogs to be shed dogs. Um, I wonder Luke, if Opie could have been a half decent shed dog, taking him through the woods. Uh, definitely. He probably still could be. I mean, he's got the instincts and he loves antlers. A lot of his chew toys are. So yeah. If I had more, uh, access and opportunity. Yeah. My dog sucks. He never could. But if you have a half decent dog <laughs> and want to try and train him to do that, um, that's a, that's a huge, uh, addition there that could be really helpful. But, um, and then lastly, if you're in really cold areas, not so much here in Georgia, but maybe Colorado, uh, be a better example. Um, you want to look where the deer or elk or whatever you're looking for, uh, are going to be spending most of their time. And from, a uh, north, south, east, west point of view, that's going to be your slopes that get the most sun. And that's your south and your east facing slopes because uh, they have to warm up from the cold of the night. That's where they're going to be spending a lot of the times. So don't waste time on your north or westerly slopes, south and east. That's it. Go find some sheds. Oh, use it to scout for turkeys too. That's real helpful. Carry a, carry a shotgun when turkey season comes in. Look for sheds. That's a good tip, man, because shed hunting definitely is getting more and more popular. I mean, a lot of guys, they treat it like another season, uh, which is kind of wild to me. I mean, I, I like finding a shed as much as the next guy, but I don't think I would ever be like, I'm taking the weekend and I'm going to hunt sheds. Maybe I, yeah. maybe that'll change, but some of it's a good excuse to, you know, get out, get out in the woods, right? And then, you know, get camping or get up on the mountain. And that would kind of segues well into my tip, which is going to be um, kind of your off-season preparation with your gear because you know the off season is kind of new gear season right that's when we all start thinking about it. we had a season where we were like man this piece of gear sucks i want to upgrade it so now i'm gonna start buying shit well you know a lot of guys will get it they'll order it um one they might not start until late summer and that's when everything really starts to sell out anyways across the board with hunting related stuff so i would start now in january uh you're kind of in the post christmas lull and you've got a good time january february to start getting your shit uh, the good thing about getting it now, especially if it's like a tent or sleeping bag, is it's still pretty cold, depending on where you are location-wise. And so you can actually put that to use in the, some of the similar elements that you're going to experience in your late seasons. So I would definitely recommend that. Getting out, whether it's shed hunting, scouting, hiking, whatever, test that equipment. Don't let your first time using a piece of gear be on that 10-day hunt because you might find yourself coming down off the mountain to get some new shit. Like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. If you know you got new rain gear, wait till it's pouring rain, put that shit on and go walk the dog around the neighborhood. See how wet you are. See how hot you get. You know, you don't have to make it some crazy excursion up into the high country uh, or out into the woods to test it. So like, just make sure you're testing your equipment and then test your systems. If you're, if you're just like tree stand hunting, make sure you're, you're 
you know, you know how you're going to utilize your your climbers or your your hang-ons or your saddle systems and, and play with all that. It'll make a big difference. If I had done more of that, I'd probably have a 10-pointer on the ground right now. But uh, <laughs> lessons learned, you know. So it's just one of those things that you, it's easy to overlook. We get really busy and we don't run it and just test and run your gear. And the more or the less experienced you are, the more you need to test your gear and put it through the ringer because – you know, I can look at a piece of gear and kind of know how it's going to kind of fit into what I want to do at this point. Because uh, I spent a lot of time sleeping on the ground, a lot of time sleeping in the woods. Not everybody has that same same level of experience, and so you might not necessarily know. So you know, and it's some gear you definitely just have to test out before you use it. So yeah, test your gear. That's a really good tip, and you don't need to be on the mountain like you said. I mean, shit, you get a tent on sale right now, you can practice setting it up and taking it down. In the morning, at night, in the dark, whatever, in your backyard, in your driveway, in your freaking living room, you can do whatever. Yeah, like having that repetition, like a lot of times, it, the first time somebody's like trying to put their tent together is when they're going out. You know, they're like, oh, you know, setting up camp and they're trying to, which yeah. pole goes where? Like you should do that a couple times so you understand how to do it. The other thing is, is with tents, when you pop them out, they don't always go back into the fucking bag the same way. So you need to know if you're going to need to get a little bit of a bigger bag or some different compression or something like that to be able to get that thing back down to where it needs to be. Um, versus when you, you know, first take, get it in the package and it's all vacuum sealed and shit. Yeah. I've a hundred percent been that guy too. Our first trip to Wyoming, we showed up at 2 AM with the car rental after driving and we set up our tent in the dark and I'd never set it up before. Super rookie mistake trying to set it up in the Wyoming wind and, it just took forever and we woke up the entire camp and then, you know, the stakes that it came with were not sufficient for the winds out there. So I knew the next trip to bring some beefed up tent stakes and added that to the gear list. Yeah. Those little things like be- more beefier, uh, tent stakes, especially if you're going to a high wind area, make a big difference. So, yep. All boys down to testing your gear, make sure shit squared away. So recap this one, we got redneck cooler, Grab an old fucked up freezer, hopefully for free. <laughs> Faux free. <laughs> Off that, another option you guys can do. I did it when I moved from Georgia to Colorado, and I've seen folks do it on hunts, is uh, if you fill a deep freeze, I had a really big one that was all my meat from Georgia, and I emptied it, moved it into the moving truck, and left it at, towards the end so I could get a cord up in there. And so every time we would stop, because it was filled with all of our meat, I have a little Honda generator, and I would run that. I would, I bike chained it to the axle of the moving truck and would just let it run overnight until it ran out of gas. And then did that every time we stopped because it took us like four days to get across country. And, uh, it's really effective. And so you could do the same thing as well. If you wanted to spend some more money or if you have a trailer or a big truck and a generator and threw a deep freeze in the back of that, uh, and you knew you were going up there with some buddies and you're going to kill like two or three elk, like that'd be a pretty effective way to move them back down, uh, versus trying to do it all in coolers. But, you know, you could also turn a deep freeze into a cooler, like Derek said. Pretty sweet. And then shed hunting. I'm not going to break hunting. that down. Shed hunting. Get out there and find some sheds. So I don't have a shitty dog like Carter. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, he looks like my dog, but. <laughs> yeah, they're twins, but mine's way shittier. <laughs> he's cute. But all right. We'll go ahead and wrap Wrap this tips up this week. We appreciate the hell out of every single one of you guys. Thank you so much.